Hi, and welcome to another episode of our Tyrius Cast. I'm Kevin Creel, Principal Analyst at Tyrius Research. And today I'm talking with Jim McGregor and Paul Teich, Principal Analysts at Tyrius Research, about the latest developments in the Broadcom's hostile takeover of Qualcomm and the recent involvement of the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, uh, CFIUS, as uh, some people call it, uh, in this process. Uh, Jim, you want to give us a summary of what the latest development is on the, on the uh, Broadcom-Qualcomm uh, buyout? Um, well, this is as of this morning. You never know. Things change so quickly with this buyout right now. But what's gone on so far is obviously we had a hostile bid from Broadcom. Um, they tried to get Qualcomm to cancel the NXP merger or acquisition um, and also try to get Broadcom to raise their price. Well, Broadcom raised their price, but then Qualcomm basically rejected Broadcom, raised their own price for NXP. And since then, Broadcom... Broadcom's offer is really on thin ice. Broadcom has reduced the price because of Qualcomm raising their bid for NXP. And now, after several months of several of us, including myself, saying that you know there might be national security issues and competitive issues associated with this acquisition by Broadcom or this hostile takeover by Broadcom, the federal government has finally stepped in and said, yeah, there might be issues here. So why do you think the federal government is getting involved now? What are those national security issues that you speak of? Well, you have to remember that Broad or Qualcomm is a leader in wireless technology. So obviously our military, our, um, our national defense system really relies on having the latest and greatest technology. And having, that, having Qualcomm be anywhere from 18 to 24 months ahead of everyone else in the industry is a huge benefit to our, our military and our government to have that technology. If all of a sudden they don't have the same level of investment, or if you have a foreign owner who may be sharing that information with other third parties worldwide, then that kind of affects not only our national security, but also our national competitiveness if we're not investing and we're not a leader in that technology. Well, why would uh, the buyout of Qualcomm by Broadcom have an impact on our competitors in 5G technology? This is what we call a market inflection point. This is where everyone's investing in a new technology and pretty much it's up for grabs as to who gets the key IP that goes into that technology. Um, And as you'll see, uh, Huawei, a Chinese company, a major Chinese uh, conglomerate, and telecommunications company has actually submitted twice as many patents for the 5G specification than Qualcomm has. So, I mean, there's definitely a concern as to where the keys of that 5G technology actually lie. So what you're saying is that uh, Broadcom could have an impact on our competitiveness because, well, well, because why? I I think the, the point you're going to want to get to is the fact that Broadcom has a reputation not as a company that invests heavily in R&D, but a company that uh, develops a market, uh, or should say, goes into the developed market and just exploits efficiencies and not necessarily investing in fresh IP and uh, new development. You could almost say that um, that Broadcom divests heavily in IP and research and development at some point. 
That's true, but that's really only one side of the equation. I mean, one side is, okay, how much is Qualcomm willing to invest? We know from past experiences, Broadcom really only invests where it has to. It is about efficiency and return on investment. But the other side of it is also, you know, having that competitiveness um, in the U.S. and having a company that could, that's continued to invest not just five years, but 10 years out in terms of new technology. And without that type of investment, you know, that really affects the competitiveness of not only Qualcomm and if they would if they were to be acquired by Broadcom, but that also affects what might possibly happen in terms of the overall competitiveness of the US. I mean, this is one of the key technologies that's driving the industry going forward. All right. So actually I want to bring Paul in on this because Paul's done some uh, research into the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States and how the latest uh, the latest development actually was that Cepheus uh, has made a uh, request that the uh, board meeting that was expected tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, March sixth, be postponed by thirty days, while the committee investigates the uh, impact of uh, of this Broadcom Qualcomm uh, acquisition. So, Paul, what's the latest on this committee? What 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 is their interest in this matter? So, CFIUS is an executive branch um, function. It's actually a made up of the heads of all of the major executive branch departments. So, we're talking about Treasury, which chairs it, uh, Department of Justice, Homeland, Commerce, Defense, State, Energy, and, and the Office of U.S. Trade Representative and and Science and Technology policy. Those, those two offices also sit on it. And so it's designed to evaluate um, the impact of, of, a, of any kind of financial transaction on companies involved with, with U.S., um, either, either the future of U.S. trade and competitiveness or, or security and defense. Uh, what's, what's happened is it's actually kind of standard operating procedure. So despite Broadcom's protests, um, really a CFIUS review is initiated by the parties who are going into transaction. And so if they were doing this jointly, they both would have filed. And so it's no surprise that one of the parties, in this case Qualcomm, um, asked for a review. Uh, given that it's a hostile takeover, we expect there wasn't much collaboration there. Um, but it, after that, it's it's a standard operating procedure of they have to fill out the right forms. Those forms get evaluated by the committee, and if if everything looks like hey there should be a review, then um, then there's a review period of 30 days. And so Qualcomm applied in January apparently, um, and. And now the 30-day review process begins where, where CFIUS, and this is, this is not something that they invented for this deal. It's, it's a standard process they go through. Um, what they'll be looking for are, are a couple of things. Uh, one is competitiveness, which is where Huawei and the new 5G standards come into play. Uh, the second is, you know, if there are strong um, homeland or, or defense ties, then, um, then you have to actually start going back through the impact of product development. You know, how secure is product development? Where does product development take place? Where does manufacturing take place? How does security go through the whole design and manufacturing and delivery process so that we know there's not um, logic injection 
on any of the parts so that we know that there's not you know code injection in any of the software around it the drivers and so these are these are things that you know the risk of exposure to a critical technology is as much of a factor as forward-looking competitors. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't Cifius also look at the company ownership? Because obviously, um, you know, Broadcom's claiming to be a U.S. company by moving their headquarters here, but for all intents and purposes, they're a Singaporean uh, company. Well, and they haven't really redomiciled yet. Uh, it's expected to happen sometime by May, but at the moment, you're right, qual- uh, or I should say, Broadcom, a.k.a. the former Avago, is still based in, the Singa- in Singapore. And so all of that is true. But when, you know, if they were to repatriate the headquarters, the process flow then is still needs to be examined. Where are things designed? Where are they manufactured? What's the potential for compromise? Uh, and so that's, it, it's, it's an end-to-end um, value chain. And for consumer products, yeah, you know, we, we design and build things all over the planet, but those are not tend not to be mission critical and certainly not mission critical to an entity like a, a government, a, a sovereign entity. And so that's that's really the function of CFIUS is to say, is it critical? Are these 5G technologies critical or other things that Qualcomm does critical to the future of U.S.? And what would the impact of, of the acquisition be on on that delivery chain and 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 then the forward competitiveness. So can the committee block the uh, process of uh, Broadcom acquiring Qualcomm just out, over uh, outright block it? Uh, yes, they do have that power. Um, and so if you look at things like um, there was a mess a few years ago involving uh, Huawei buying a U.S. company Three Leaf, um, which at the time uh, had what um, was a AMD Opteron hypertransport license licensee, and so that that took some unraveling, and uh, and in the end, Huawei was was not permitted to acquire Three Leaf, and so unraveling a deal, you want to know going into a deal like this that there is a high probability that it might be unraveled. So who owns Qualcomm? If the money starts to shift, and then Cipheus steps in on, on behalf of the U.S. government and says, no, wait, stop, you know, we need special things to happen or we're just not going to permit it, then you have to unravel a bunch of transactions. And that's not good for anyone. So why would the, uh, why would the committee ask for a delay on the board um, vote? Um, because, I mean, the, bo- the, board vote, the, the board vote is not directly a... Um, an impact on the acquisition, it's indirectly. In other words, it's changing the, the board members that might vote in favor of an acquisition. I think they basically want the um, shareholders to have all the information in front of them before they go into this. You also have to remember that CFIUS is, for all intents and purposes, a big stick. And a key part of this is also the timing. You have to remember that a lot of this pressure is coming from senators and representatives that are starting to look at this and saying, you know, this might affect us, you know, especially the the representatives for Southern California, where Qualcomm is headquartered, you know, if they go through massive layoffs, not to mention anybody else that Qualcomm interacts with, you know, from defense contractors to cell phone manufacturers to, you know, infrastructure equipment vendors. So 
there is, I, I think, a real emphasis by the politicians to say, listen, we don't want this to get too far down the road. It's we've identified this as a potential issue. Um, and, you know, and I think reality is finally setting in right now where they're saying, yeah, um, this could really go through and we need to review it before it gets too far down the road. OK, but uh, so where does that place Broadcom at this point in time? Is there their plan to acquire Qualcomm's this is a significant setback? Well, I, I think first off there, you have to remember that um, they've already reduced their offer from 122 to 117 billion dollars because Qualcomm wants to acquire NXP and wants to continue with that acquisition. So the acquisition's already on thin ice. Um, not to mention, it's already really, really risky when you look at it. Um, if you look at the recent po- post we put in Forbes, you know, Broadcom had to go out and set up three venture capital companies, a dozen banks, just to get $100 billion in financing to finance this. This is only an $18 billion a year company that's trying to spend $117 billion. So, I mean, it's risky to begin with. Um, and if the NXP acquisition goes through, well, that's $35 billion off the table that Broadcom could have used to help pay down the debts um, from this acquisition. So I, I think Broadcom at this point is probably looking at other alternatives because if the Qualcomm deal falls through, there's not too many companies with all the acquisitions we've had in the industry to really go after at this point in time, especially in the areas that Broadcom's interested, which is obviously mobile and networking. Paul, your thoughts? Um, there's not much that either player can do right now, uh, except make their case to Cepheus. Uh, I'll bring up another example. Uh, recently, IDC, uh, the market research company, was bought by an overseas entity. Uh, they had a group um, run by Earl Joseph who uh, looked at high-performance computing, and they knew what was going on in um, a wide um, wide swath of the U.S., uh, I'll say academic and defense research complex, who was buying what and how much they bought. And so that group had to be spun out of IDC before the acquisition could take place. And so what we'll see is we'll see uh, CFIUS make a ruling on what it, what they consider to be a, you know, a, a national asset from Qualcomm, uh, you know, forward-looking or, or some kind of exposure. And, and that might reset expectations on both sides as to you know, what, the, what the acquisition might or might not look like. But at this point, they can both just make their case. It's a 30-day review. So will, they, will there be a series of hearings next? Uh, or will this be uh, informal behind committee? How does this review process occur? I imagine that they will both um, appear before uh, CFIUS and, um, and make their case. It, it won't happen in a vacuum. Um, they, they should both have the ability to say something about what they expect from it. Um, but it will be reviewed by all of the, uh, all of the participants from those different uh, executive branch departments. Okay. Um, I guess we, I think that covers all the aspects of it. Anything else uh, either of you want to add? Just that it's been a wild ride, and it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out because this is definitely this. Even if the deal went through, if they did acquire Qualcomm, this was going to set the pace for future acquisitions in the in the industry. How big can they go? You know, what companies are going to acquire acquire who? 
um, if this does fail, um, this kind of resets the bar a little bit. And I, I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see because it, it will definitely have an impact not only on this potential acquisition, but future acquisitions across the board. Okay, well, I'm going to wrap it up then. Thank you all for uh, listening to our Cheerios cast. I'm Kevin Crewell at Crewell on Twitter, K-R-E-W-E-L-L. I was joined by Jim McGregor. I'm Tech Strategist on Twitter, Facebook, and WeChat. I'm at Paul R. Teich, T-E-I-C-H, on Twitter, and um, you can also find me on uh, Facebook. Okay, check out uh, Tirius Research online at uh, TiriusResearch.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and our other social medias. Thank you for joining us, and have a good day.